AWOD. I watched the first episode of She-Hulk. She's even hotter when she's green. Right now. Here's the thing. When she turns green, she's bigger and stronger, and everything about her is bigger. I am into She-Hulk. <laughs> On the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Epstein, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Your home for Commander's games this season. Games can be heard right here at Odyssey. Richmond, tonight you can hear the Commanders against the Ravens at 8 p.m. with a pregame and a postgame show following. That'll be here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And during the season, remember... If there's a Squirrels game for the first few weeks of the NFL season, you can hear the Commanders on our sister station, 1140 AM WRVA. But, of course, Odyssey Richmond is proud to be the home of the Commanders this season. And we want to open up the phone lines, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Give us your thoughts on tonight's matchup and your keys to victory on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Keys to victory tonight for the Commanders. You heard it from Matt Valdez there. He's agreeing with me. If the Commanders can win this game, it will signal a change in the culture. Ravens have a 24-game win streak. Oh, it's meaningless. It's preseason. It doesn't matter. No, it does matter. And Washington would take a lot of momentum and confidence away from ending that streak tonight with a victory. So what are your keys to victory? 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. There's a great article in the Washington Post this morning by Sam Fortier. He says, quick game passing concepts. Let the Commanders get a move on. One of the starkest shifts in the Washington Commanders offense this preseason is how often the quarterback throws a quick pass. Sam Howell barks for the snap, takes a step or two, and gets rid of the ball about as rapidly as he got it. Something that new coordinator Eric Bieniemy schemes up a quick pass. Other times Howell does it on his own. He recognizes a mismatch or a blitz of a soft spot in coverage and counters by delivering a dart. And in my opinion, that is the best offense in the NFL. If your quarterback is avoiding sacks and getting rid of it, and yes, maybe it's just a three-yard pass or a four-yard pass, but, is it, but it's positive momentum and you're moving the chains. If you average 3.33333 yards per play, you know what? You're always getting a first down. The math adds up like that. So that's the most important thing. Get rid of the ball quickly and get positive yards. Coach Ron Rivera um, acknowledged what Sam Howell has done in preseason, and he said, quote, there have been some growing pains. But you knew that that was going to happen, right? He's trying to learn a new offense here from Eric Bieniemy. He doesn't have that much experience, except for his three seasons at UNC. He's only played one season in the NFL. But quick passing figures to be a big part of Washington's offense this season. 
Uh, Sam Fortier would go on to say, for the commanders, the importance of quick game will partially be schematic, but also the enemy's West Coast attack requires precise timing and spacing. And if you remember watching the Chiefs over the last five seasons, oh yeah, when they won two Super Bowls, it was all about the timing and the spacing of getting the ball into Tyreek Hill's hands or getting it into Travis Kelsey's hands. Or this past year, uh, it was McKinnon, right? And, or Isaiah Pacheco, right? They just got the ball into these playmakers' hands and let them run in space. You can't tackle someone if he's got five or ten yards of an open lane to run downfield. And so get the ball into your playmakers' hands, let them generate yards after the catch, and make plays. So for me, I look back at last season, and you have to take all of Washington's quarterbacks into account. Number one, Carson Wentz started the season. Zach, he was sacked 26 times. Give me a ding for that. 26 times for Carson Wentz. All right? Taylor Heineke was sacked 19 times as the starting quarterback. Then Sam Howell. He took three sacks in one game against Dallas. 26 plus 19 plus three. You add that up. That's 46 sacks total. Last season, the most sacked quarterback that doesn't run often was Kirk Cousins taking 46 sacks. Give me a dong for that. So that's Washington's bit right there. We were tied for last last season in offensive line protection. You had Geno Smith taking 46 sacks with Seattle. Daniel Jones took 44. Now, I don't count Justin Fields and Russell Wilson, who led the league with 55 sacks because of their ability to run the ball. But Washington absolutely needs to hold up better in protection this season. 48 sacks last year. You add up all three quarterbacks, that's the most in the NFL of any team that didn't have a rushing quarterback. Now, Heineke ran a couple times. Carson Wentz, not at all. Sam Howell, one rush for a touchdown in his one game last season. But when you just take into account the amount of sacks that Washington gave up last season, that's the key to the quick passes this year, is just avoid the sacks. And when you look back at the preseason game against the Cleveland Browns, yes, it's just one game. Yes, it was just the two opening drives. First time you see the first-team offense. But it was one sack. And it could have been another one, holding penalty. And then the second drive, holding penalty in the end zone for a safety. The offensive line is going to be the number one key for Washington this season. And so, of course, that is key number one for Washington against the Baltimore Ravens. You gotta avoid the sacks. You gotta stand up strong and let Sam Howe have time in the pocket to deliver. Key number one is to avoid the sacks. Key number two, I told you earlier, look at the defensive side of the ball. And if they can create short field for the offense, that's a win. That's a key to victory right there. Either an interception or a fumble. If you get off the field on fourth down in the red zone like they did against the Browns, that's not really a turnover. All right, that was bending, but don't break. And yeah, you didn't give up three points, but your offense came on the field at the 10-yard line. And oh yeah, they gave up a safety. I need the defense to create short field positions for Washington's first string offense tonight, 8 p.m. on ESPN. So key number two is get a turnover, like a fumble or an interception that gives Sam Howell the ball inside of Baltimore's territory. And then key number three, gotta score. If you don't score, you're not going to win, all right? And so my key to scoring tonight for Washington, 
is to connect on a deep pass. Sam Howell air it out to Terry McLaurin. Maybe it's Siami Brown who gets past the Ravens secondary. Valdez is pretty confident that Washington's going to be able to throw the ball because the Ravens are banged up. And they don't have the defensive line, the skilled playmakers there at rushing the quarterback like they've had in years past. So, according to Valdez, our Ravens insider, Sam Howell should have time in the pocket and will be going against a shaky secondary. That's going to lead, in my opinion, to putting some points on the board. I want 17 points in the first half of this game. You got your starters playing the entire first half. I want two successful touchdown drives. Maybe you get the ball in plus field, uh, plus territory because of turnover. Get Joey Sly on the field and let him knock it down. My three keys to victory for Washington tonight are Sam Howell to avoid the sacks, the defense to create a turnover, and the first string offense to score 17 points in the first half. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Zach, will you be in here watching the game tonight for the Commanders? I'll watch at home. Oh, you'll, you'll watch at home? Yeah, yeah. So what I do think, you want to see? I think, uh, you know, I'm worried about the short passes because of Roquan Smith. Yeah. The guy's a stallion. Yep. He's so fast. He hates running backs. And he's ball a good carriers. guy, too. Did you see what he did over the weekend? Yeah. He's he got changed that. his number, and he did a meetup so you could exchange jerseys. Is he zero now? He's number zero. And he was six. Zero, zero coming after my quarterback is kind of scary. He's right? so good, A1. Yeah, I know. He's so good. And this is his first season. Where'd they big get him contract. from? Bears. Yeah. What are the Bears doing? Bears. Bears. He's all Bears. He's my number one guy in uh, fantasy for IDP for those guys who play IDP. That might upset you because I know you don't like PPR. Yeah. But when you have individual players, defensive players, oh, Roquan IDP. Smith, I've never done IDP. So fun. Really? Yeah. Tackle assist, half a point. Solo tackle, point. Three <laughs> points for a sack. You know Two what? points for an interception. That's a good point because when I play fantasy, when my team is off the field offensively, I don't even watch. Yeah. You know, like if I've got the starting, if I, I had Justin Herbert, no, you're in. I'm not watching the Chargers sides team. Of the ball. You're in on both sides of the, the ball. Game. That's awesome. Yeah. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Matthew Paris covers the Commanders to the Washington Times. He'll join us at 1:30. If you missed Football Festival, we'll give you the best of. I've got some clips to run from Football Fest at 145. But when we return, we'll go around the National Football League, and I'll tell you why I'm all in on a starting quarterback from New York. That's next. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. It's 833-804-0910. Met a lot of listeners out at AWOD's Football Festival presented by South Park Carpet and Flooring Outlet. And uh, they said they love the NFL content on the show. So you can always chime in, 833-804-0910. Time to go around the National Football League here on NFL Hits. Regular season matchup. Every head coach on the hot seat. The hit stories in the NFL. 
NFL hits on A1 Radio. So after football festival, you know, I was out and about in the town hanging out with my friends that came to visit. So I didn't watch the Patriots game against the Packers. And they called the game because, of course, no right-thinking person connected with the high-stakes football from the college to the NFL would ever want to see a player lying on the field motionless. It's horrible. It's a terrible image. We were all, I mean, shocked from the nightmare last season with DeMar Hamlin. And so it's just a scary situation after cornerback Isaiah Bolden uh, was laying on the field. Zach, did you get to see this last night at all or Saturday? I saw one highlight, and I was looking at different players because uh, I didn't know exactly who the player was. And mm-hmm. then so I kind of missed it. I only saw it once because I hate looking at that stuff. I did see him after, you know, you could tell which guy was hurt, obviously, because he was motionless on the field. Um, but he's good now, I guess. So I didn't know that they shut the game down. Yeah, so they've released him from the hospital. Saturday's preseason matchup between New England and Green Bay saw an early end after Pat's rookie, Isaiah Bolden, took a shot to the head in the fourth quarter, lay motionless on the field, and was eventually carted off. Yesterday, Bolden was released from the hospital and had quote feeling in all of his extremities of course that's the most important thing when you suffer any type of injury like that according to a statement from the team bolden was also able to travel home with his patriots teammates new england patriots coach bill belichick spoke with reporters about the injury to cornerback isaiah bolden i think the last situation kind of you know in the bigger picture overrode the game so uh you know all saying a prayer for uh, uh isaiah um and, you know, well, we just released a statement on that, right? So that's, you know, only information, that's the updated information that we have. So it's definitely a scary situation. And, I, I mean, look, you hear people talking about the NFL moving to those bigger helmets that they use during training camp. I don't See know the if shock I shock absorbers. Right, the shock absorbers. I just don't like the way they look. But, you know, I do care about player safety, of course. I mean, that that is so important. You know, it, when you see these kind of injuries, it does – Make me say, I, I don't know if I would want my kid to play football. Right, but here, like, are we going to stop? Are we going to, like, end games now? Is this going to be a thing? If it's preseason, I think it, it made sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I get it last year. That was the worst situation possible. DeMar Hamlin is. Oh, I mean, if they're trying to resuscitate him. Trying to resuscitate him. But also, the AFC title was on the line between the Bills and and the Bengals, like the winner of that game was going to represent the AFC, right? Yeah. Then they canceled the game and ended up being the Chiefs because of that, right? And it's amazing to see DeMar Hamlin back in training yeah. camp and, you know, hitting and full and contact doing everything. and all. It's, he's good now, but I wonder after that happened if we're so cautious now anytime somebody's motionless for a little while, which could be a head injury, just could be knocked out. It happens all the time. Yeah. If we shut down games now because this happens, that's uh that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that, I mean, I'm sure people above our paycheck from the NFL yeah. are looking into that seriously, um, especially because it's happened now two seasons in a row. Um, but the one thing I did want to get into here on NFL Hits is, so Saturday Football Festival, thanks to Randy from South Park Carpet and Flooring I mean, Outlet for being our sponsor. Yeah. It's great to see him. After the party, we had an after party. After the party, we had an after party. We did at, at Buddy's. And then uh, my friends and I went to Bingo Beer. I mean, the night just went on forever. And then well, Sunday, that's your neighborhood. Yeah, right. You can just walk around and hit all those spots. That's of course, pretty nice. Right after I had three or four AWOD bombs. I gotta go Southside after that. So 
We woke up Sunday morning. I had a few friends uh, spend the night Passover. They were visiting. We woke up Sunday morning, and you know what? We were pissed that there was no football, right? Because it's still preseason. You were like, it's coming off football. Right? So you know what we did? We threw on the first two episodes of Hard Knocks. (laughs) And I am all in on the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Now, we played the clip from Robert Salah's speech about the offensive line. And so when that when that came on, you know, I got all juiced and fired up for that. But the thing that impressed me most is, you know, I was kind of down on Aaron Rodgers last year. I mean, I, I was on this show saying the Packers are going to be bar- terrible. Why? Because he's probably still high as hell off of ayahuasca, right? And he then he did all this weird thing where he went an- underground for he's, 30 he's, days. He went dark. Right? And then he did more ayahuasca and he's... I mean, he's just a, a, a druggie, but here's what he is. He's okay. a football genius. That's what he is. I mean, when you watch him in Hard Knocks, the football jargon that he uses and the way he speaks with his teammates, he's super kind, he's nice, and he's just trying to get everyone better, but he teaches them the littlest things about coming out of your break early and timing with another quarterback. And there's so many things about Hard Knocks that they could not have picked a better team, seriously. I mean, getting to see Aaron Rodgers like this and all the coaches are talking about Aaron and he, he's such a good guy. And I, I feel like I kind of jumped on board with the media last year. The media made him the enemy. The media made him the bad guy. He was not happy in Green Bay ever since, you know, Matt LaFleur didn't go for it on fourth down and they lost that game in the postseason. He was a disgruntled employee last season and he was bad. And offensively, people said, oh, he took a step back. You know, he was taking sacks. He was inaccurate. I kind of disagreed with that. I mean, we saw him play against Washington. He was slinging it all over the place. I think he was taking too many deep shots last year. He didn't want to dink and dunk and and make it down the field. He didn't have Adams. He didn't have his guy either, right? They didn't pay Adams. Yep, and you know that pissed him off. And so this year with the Jets, I believe he's going to do similar to what Tom Brady did his first year with the Bucs. I'm not going to say Jets win the Super Bowl, but Jets, they're going to be in the postseason. I guarantee that. You did them, right? Nine yep. and eight or I gave them nine and eight. Yeah. Could be ten. Could be ten, especially now that I watched Hard Knocks. <laughs> I mean, my can goodness. Can you edit or no? I, can I edit? You know what? Let Officially, I can edit Let's until September 10th. All, all the way. Right. And then you get one one edit. One edit. Two. I get, you know what? I get. Two uh, out of 32, you get one edit. Two edits. I get two edits, but I also get one where I can completely write it, take it off the board. And do another breakdown because my eyes are on preseason now. Got my eyes on football. All right. And you're watching Hard Knocks. And I'm watching Hard Knocks. Which, <laughs> seriously, the first episode is always just them moving boxes. But the second episode, you get Aaron Rodgers talking with Bryce Young. That's an awesome moment. You get Robert Salah's epic speech. And I kind of get fired up for the Jets. There's some interesting guys on that roster. Now, I will say, last year, you knew... After, like, two episodes, you knew every assistant coach for the Lions, right? Because it was Randall L. and Deuce Staley and uh, Mark Brunel. I don't know any of the assistants for the Jets. It's all Robert Sala all the time. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. probably good for the organization. Yeah. No, and, it is fun. And you're compassionate, right? You have a little bit of empathy because Washington's offensive line is a question mark, and so is the Jets. Yeah. I mean, it really is a question mark there because— It's, it's not only a question mark. It's just it's the key to the season, it right. seems. Well, that's what Sala is saying. It's all about effort. And, and that's the funny thing I was telling my friend. It's like, Robert Sala made a great point, but he also was saying that something that everybody else is thinking. He said, you can have a million-dollar quarterback, you can have a rookie of the year wide receiver, a $30 million running back, talking about Dalvin Cook, all that stuff, but it starts with the O-line. But I'm thinking, 
Well, duh. Of course the 350-pound people are out of shape. Of course the 400-pound linemen are out of shape in training camp. It's like, duh, Robert Salah, you should have known this. There's no offensive lineman that comes to camp in great shape. <laughs> I mean, but he made it seem that's the reason why they were a 7-10 and 10 team last year. Right, right. But I think you could say that about most teams in the NFL. Yeah. You know? If there's anybody that's going to be out of shape, it's not going to be the star running back or wide receiver. It's going to be the O-line. Like, <laughs> and come on, Robert. That was obvious. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. It is game day on The Fan. You can hear the Commanders game right here on 910 The Fan. Pre-games coverage starts at 6 p.m. Kickoff at 8. Matthew Paris will be at the game. He joins us next on The Fan. AWOD Radio for DC Pro Sports and Entertainment. Because he has no clue what he's talking about with going for it on fourth downs or challenging plays or play calling. It's the most frustrating team in the world to root for. And every Sunday, I depress myself for three hours. Every day, 12 to 3 on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Always available around the country on the Odyssey app. You can download it today for free. Best app out there for music, play-by-play. You can hear the Commanders game right here at Odyssey Richmond tonight on the Odyssey app. Just search 910 The Fan. Always gives you the ability to pause, rewind, run some errands, and also pick up right where you left off. We also post a best of podcast. It's best of AWOD radio. That's every single day. It gets out around 4 p.m. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and more by searching AWOD radio. A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. So coming up at 2 p.m., we'll do the Sports App 2.0, get to more of the sports news around the country and around the world over the weekend, the Women's World Cup ended. Spain got the win. We do want to get into that Panthers-Giants game with Tyrod Taylor looking unbelievable, the former Virginia Tech quarterback. And Stephen A. Smith has some must-listen audio about the Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs. That's coming up at 2 p.m. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline covering the Washington Commanders, it's Matthew Paris. What's going on, bud? No, nothing much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So what is the latest that you've heard about the injury report for the commanders tonight? Yeah, it looks like they're going to be a little thin at cornerback. Uh, Kendall Fuller hadn't been practicing uh, the last few days. Danny Johnson got hurt during those joint practices on a body slam from Mark Andrews. So I would be surprised if either of those dudes played. Uh, also keeping an eye on the offensive line, Andrew Wiley, uh, Ron Rivera said got kicked in practice and his uh, in his calf and he his reps have been limited and then uh, Charles Leno hasn't really been practicing the last few days either so they could be short on the offensive line but it also could be precautionary we'll see how uh, they deploy in warm-ups but um, those are the main oh and then Chase Young obviously isn't going to play because he hasn't been practicing since last week's stinger injury what about Charles Leno yeah, Charles Leno, uh, not sure what's going on with him, but he hadn't been practicing uh, the past few days. So if he's not ready to go, then Cornelius Lucas will 
uh, slot in there at left tackle. But, uh, you know, they he had in Baltimore, the last day of joint practice is there. He took like the last team period off and he hasn't really been doing teamwork since then. So he's participating in like individual stuff, but I think they're trying to um, manage his workload given that he's a veteran guy. I wonder if, you know, possibly being out, you're starting left tackle and right tackle could impact the amount of snaps that Sam Howell will receive tonight. Has Ron Rivera spoken about how much you should see quarterback one? He has not. I mean, just based on past um, games under Rivera, like in the preseason, starters typically tend to go a half in the, like the main preseason game. They went a little over our first quarter um, last game. So, you would expect Sam Howell's uh, workload to increase, but at the same time, if the offense does slow, if he, he's encouraged by some of the drives that they see, maybe they don't uh, risk it. But, yeah, I mean, certainly the, the offensive line um, being in flux could affect things, but Rivera hasn't indicated that one way or another. You know, take me back to Danny Johnson's injury. What happened during the joint practices? Because I kind of think tempers are going to flare tonight. I think it could lead to some extracurricular activities based on commanders players wanting to step up for their injured teammate. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, there was a skirmish on the other side of the field when the Ravens offense was going against uh, defense and Danny Johnson came flying in to try and break up a pass to Mark Andrews and that level of effort, I guess, uh, didn't sit well with the tight end because Mark Andrews picked uh Danny Johnson up and then slammed into the ground, full body, kind of wrestling WWE style. So um, it, it caused a fracas on the field as soon as he did that. But uh, Mark Andrews seemed pretty mad. So you mentioned Kendall Fuller. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of good to because it could sh- it could force Jack Del Rio to play my guy Ben Smith St. Juice on the outside, like everyone knows he should be playing. And then I'm excited to see Emmanuel Forbes up against maybe Zay Flowers. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's how they've been doing it in practice. You, you do see Benjamin St. Juice back on the outside. Rashad Wild Juice has gotten some reps mm-hmm. in that nickel corner. And the guy I'm keeping an eye on, Adam, is, um, you know, uh, Christian Holmes. He had a really impressive yeah. uh, first game against Cleveland. And if he can carry that momentum into this game, he should have a good shot at making the roster. I knew I know a few people were disappointed with Quan Martin in preseason yeah. game number one. How did he look in joint practices ahead of the game tonight against the Ravens? Yeah, I mean he's still a little bit quieter. Uh, he doesn't pop all the time. I, I think some of his struggles in the first game were a little overstated, but you did see him, you know, give up that touchdown and uh, it was penalized twice. So you know it was funny. He took to Twitter after the game and started liking. Uh, all the tweets that said he had a bad game. So I think he's coming out with some motivation uh, to try and have better performance and uh, kind of prove something to those people who were skeptical of him the first time around. Matthew Paris with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, covers the Commanders for the Washington Times. Follow him on social media, Matthew underscore Paris. You know I love predictions. Let's hear your prediction for the first-team offense. I said I'm hoping for 17 points to be put on the board. Oh, for 17 for the first team, I mean, I, I think uh, I'll go lower than that. I'll say seven. <laughs> I think they get a, a touchdown drive out of it. And then, you know, maybe a field goal, maybe 10. But I think if, you know, they show some good luck, they might not see a lot of uh, playing time. So we'll see. And then, you know, the Ravens, they 
they have this winning streak. They care about the preseason. Uh, I don't get the indication that Washington cares all that much on how this game goes tonight. Matt, I'm a little worried about plantar fasciitis, which Jonathan Allen is dealing with. I know in basketball it's led to several players missing an entire season, but Ron Rivera seems to be not very concerned about this, huh? Yeah, he said nothing serious. Uh, you know, I think everything that he says uh, when it comes to injuries can be taken maybe with a little bit of a grain of salt, given Curtis Samuel's groin injury all those years ago and how they played that. But for now, I mean, it doesn't seem to be super serious. He's a guy that you, know, you don't want anything to happen to. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But remember, Jonathan Allen, during his rookie year, he missed most of it with a broken foot. He had a Liz Frank injury. So anytime this guy has foot trouble, you want to be as cautious as possible. I'm not saying they're related, but I understand they're keeping him on ice approach. Right, especially because he's such a giant grizzly bear. The way he uses his lower body to push his way forward and after the quarterback, you know any kind of foot injury uh, could hurt his ability to get sacks. Let me ask you this, because most likely the starting unit will not play preseason game number three, right? Are we we still agreeing yeah. about that? So who yeah, needs yeah. to make plays today to guarantee a spot on the roster? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of the defensive line guys have a big game coming up here, like James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, even a guy like John Ridgway, uh, I think, has had a little bit of an underwhelming camp. Uh, you'd like to see him have a little bit more uh, force in, in that game. I mean, he has an opportunity because not only is Jonathan Allen out, but Darian Mathis hasn't practiced for the last week or so with a calf injury, so... But, you know, there is some room for some big bodies there up front, and I think it starts on the defensive line. And then uh, the, the back half of the wide receiver competition, you know, your Byron Pringle, Dax Milne, uh, Casimir Allen, all those guys are going to have an opportunity tonight to make an impression. Where are we at with special teams? What's the latest? I know we released the other kicker, so Joey Sly is going to win that job. What's the latest with Tress Way, and who will return punts and kickoffs tonight? Yeah, uh, Trustway will not punt. It looks like they signed another punter um, yesterday. Now, I think this is more precautionary because Trustway was punting uh, during those joint practices. You know, he they weren't keeping him on ice. He, he, he was going full go, and I think they're just uh, saving him for the regular season. And then as for the returner, you know, Kasmir Allen had, was the number one guy last week. I imagine he gets a lot of work, and the guy behind him, Dax Millen, he actually didn't practice uh, the last time we were out there. He, he left early, so I'm not even sure if he'll play tonight. But if he does, uh, you know, I, I think he'll get a shot at punt returner. He's been their main returner for the last few seasons now. All right, last thing I want you to do is predict the first drive of the game. The Commanders came out throwing the ball, which surprised me. Three straight throws and really could have had a successful first drive if there wasn't the penalty. And John Bates caught the ball. So how many throws to passes on the first drive for the Commanders tonight? Oh, that's a good, I mean, well, let's be optimistic and say they have a 10-play drive and it results in points. Uh, maybe you're going a 6-4 to four ratio there, pass to, to run. It also depends, you know, they're not going to show everything in their playbook. Um, I'm sure they'll want to get Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson uh, involved with this quick game is definitely part of their offense, and they want to see Sam Howell and his timing. So I would still lean toward them to be uh, pass, pass heavy. 
Matthew Paris is the commander's beat reporter for the Washington Times. So you'll be at the game tonight. This is going to be the first home game of the Josh Harris era. What do you think it'll look like? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether he goes and hangs out in the stands again like he did in Cleveland. That was something really noticeable um, last week. Uh, I think, you know, when fans see Josh Harris, they have had an enthusiastic reaction. I wonder if I thank you, Josh, can't will take over the crowd at any point. Um, it'll be just interesting to see the atmosphere and how many people actually show, you know, it's just a preseason game, but this is kind of still the early stages of a new era and whether you, you feel any of that uh, genuine excitement that's been there because these practices, man, that they've had a lot of fans turn out and, you know, Washington has made concessions for them to actually be there and having bleachers and stuff, but you still got to get people to show up and people have showed up for those practices. Yeah. There's definitely still a Dan's gone, uh, just boom right now because when I did football fest I swear I thought there was going to be an F Dan Snyder chant they made so much noise when I talked about the change of ownership yeah absolutely I mean it's been you know I don't know if it was quite 10,000 on Saturday but it looked close to it and uh, you know fans have been all over the place so uh, it's been a really impressive turnout from their perspective um, this summer Matt great stuff man I appreciate you taking the time to join the show yeah thanks you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Football Festival went down Saturday at River City Roll. Big shout-out and thanks to Randy from South Park Carpet and Flooring Outlet for being the presenting sponsor to of our event. If you were there, a member of the AWOD Army, we want to hear from you. Give us your thoughts on Football Fest as we recap our first-ever event next on The Fan. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So if you missed it, we had the event of the year this past Saturday at River City Roll. AWOD's football festival presented by South Park Carpet and Flooring. Thank you so much to the members of the AWOD Army who showed up. Thanks to everyone of our staff here at Odyssey. Even the random Scott's Edition people. Like, there was a Barbie party going on at River City Roll. It yeah, was just seven-year-old. Was, was, it was her birthday party Yeah, there. so yeah. it was just an awesome event. I know you spent the day there. You went bowling. I wanted to give a big shout-out to your daughter, Shelby, who made my day after I got off stage and she came up to me. She came running over to me, <laughs> rocking her Football Fest T-shirt, and said, you were awesome on stage. <laughs> And um, it got me, gave me confidence, man. And I just thought we had an awesome event. So many people showed up. So many people told me they enjoy listening to the show. And so right now, if you were at River City Roll, I want to hear from you. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Big shout out to the voice of high school football, Gary Hess, and his co-host, Gary Criswell. Lane Casadante from CBS 6. The voice of the JMU Dukes, Dave Rigert. UVA's. Frank Maloney, of course, the host of Who's Talking. Phil Marcello, my buddy from college, who, of course, is now the assistant AD for VMI. 
and then Ken Oxendine, who kicked off the football season. And so we did a whole football season preview show that we are all actually going to release as a podcast after the show today. In case you missed it, here's a little teaser of Football Fest. So, of course, we want to start previewing the high school season by looking back on last year with our three state champions, Highland Springs, Dinwiddie, and, and Trinity. So uh, going forward this season, what can we expect, Gary? I think Highland Springs, Dinwiddie, and Trinity are all loaded for bear to do what, to, to try to do what they did last year. Those, I don't remember how many games Trinity played. Was it 12? Uh, 11. 11. So those th four te three teams last year combined to go 41-0 and with three state championships. And I don't know if they're going to go 41-0, and but I think they're the favorites to win again this year. I, I don't think, in, at least in our 30 years, I don't think we've ever seen a three teams win state titles all in the same year from the area. Maybe. Maybe if but you they count but two. Yeah. Some of the years, Blessed Sacrament won the Division right. One, and then... Uh, like Benedictine one, and then one of the public schools. But they didn't. But all not go in undefeated. that dominant fashion. They, they didn't all. We didn't have three go undefeated like that. No. Everybody asks me about this guy, Harry Dalton. Who's this Harry Dalton guy? Everybody wants to know about the superstar who was just a sophomore. Yeah. <laughs> he's a junior now. Well, he's a junior. So they now. say, you know. <laughs> Last year, he accounted for 60, six zero touchdowns as a sophomore. And I believe it was 32 passing and 28 rushing. But he is one of those, and you tell me if you agree, Lane, he's one of those guys you have to see to really appreciate. Well, he also, I had so many people ask me last year, where's Harry Dalton going next year? And I said, Dinwiddie, he's only no. a sophomore. <laughs> what about the year after that? <laughs> Dinwiddie, he's only a sophomore. He is, like Gary said, he is one of those kids that, he reminds me of the Randolph-Bacon basketball team from a couple of years ago when they won the national title. They didn't overpower anybody, but all of a sudden you look up and you're down 20 and you say, how did that happen? And Harry Dalton can go to the house every time he touches the ball, and we can't say that about too many players in this area. I'll give you an idea. This kid's got wiggle. He's got a long virgin arm to stretch the team vertically, and his head coach has been teaching the spread offense continuously since he arrived at Dinwiddie in the late 90s. You get good. Things happen when coaches know how to apply talent. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, rivalries, rankings, all the college football in the state of Virginia. We'll follow the action all season long. College football, baby. University Drive on AWOD Radio. So we want to do this college football season preview by bringing on everybody from a different conference, a different university, and of course, Frank, with the ACC, the big talk right now is conference realignment. I mean, Still, we have to get into that. Every summer. Every summer now. So where do you think UVA ends up in the next few years? Well, Virginia and all the other stalwarts that have been the ACC for years, they're not going anywhere. Uh, you know, the media rights deal locks them in. They can't get away. But I do think there's some softening, and I do, I do think some teams are going to be added. And if it doesn't happen this year, it's going to happen next. And it could be SMU, it could be Stanford, it could be a lot of people. 
Well, you know what I thought was interesting was David Teal, Richmond Times-Dispatch, wrote an article that with the, all the changes in conferences in NCAA football here, conference realignment, JMU and the Sun Belt set up for a lot of success. Well, it all kind of started when Texas and Oklahoma, they decided to go to the SEC. That's when the dominoes started to fall for JMU. And that's when there was a talk for about the past 10 years about them going from FCS to FBS. And then it was almost perfect timing that the Sun Belt was expanding, bringing Marshall on, ODU, uh, Southern Miss, and, and those teams. So it worked out perfectly. And I think they're in a really good spot. I don't think they're going to try and expand. Commissioner Gill at the Sun Belt Media Days last week talked about how they like the 14 teams that they have right now, and it's really solid. So I'm not sure that it's going to change much with them for right now. Absolutely. And one thing I've noticed from covering JMU the last few seasons is Sunbelt football is a ton of fun. It is a lot of good competition. Anybody can really beat anybody. Yeah, from top to bottom, it's really good. I mean, even look at Arkansas State, Louisiana, Monroe that aren't great, and, and they gave teams really good games last year. So I think from top to bottom, it is good. Um, I think it's probably the best group of five league in the entire country. So I think JMU being able to be in that league has, has we've seen that in recruiting already with, with what they've done for the 24 class, some of the 23 kids they brought in this year. Um, it's helped a lot that now they've moved, made that step to FBS and are in the Sun Belt because it, it's a tremendous football league. Absolutely. And so VMI, Phil, you guys created a new standard of success right. over the last few seasons. But Coach Walk mm -hmm. comes out and in comes Coach Rocco, who we had on the show. Yeah, Coach Rocco, obviously very familiar with the Richmond crowd, was the head coach for the Spiders for a number of years. Had a lot of success. We're very excited to have him up at VMI. We got a lot of returning starters, so he's got some pieces to work with. Um, but he's proven he can turn around programs quickly. He did it. I think the first year at Richmond, he took an 0-8 CAA team to a share of the conference title. So he, he's proven it doesn't always take time. Obviously, we're in a tough conference. The Southern Conference is one that consistently has four to five teams, you know, in and out of the top 25 throughout the season. Furman's in the top five this year. I think Sanford's hanging around 10. Chattanooga and Mercer are kind of the middle in the 20s. So it's a really good conference. <laughs> So if you listen to the show, you know I was a season ticket holder for 15 years going to games with my dad who's somewhere in the building. He's probably had too many AWOD bombs by now. What's up, dad? And so we went to Skins games week after week after week and I became a diehard fan. And I never thought that the day would come where we say goodbye to Dan Snyder. And we actually did that. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Witch old witch, the witch is dead. So how about it? We've got a new owner with Josh Harris, and because of that, there's a lot of energy and excitement in the organization. Now, defensively, that's where this team should be elite this season. When you look along the front line there defensively, it's first round pick, first round pick, first round pick, first round pick. Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, a bunch of Alabama boys there. Secondary, they draft Emmanuel Forbes, and you have to hope, hey, that'll be the solution there at cornerback. On the outside, they still have Kendall Fuller, who went to Virginia Tech, still in the league, yeah. right? And he'll yeah. play slot corner, I think, with Benjamin St. Juice on the outside. But the real question for the commanders this season is going to be, we go as if Sam Howell goes. Is Sam Howell going to be able to shine as quarterback one? He was named the starter on Friday, typical Friday news dump from Washington. They announced Sam Howell will be the starting quarterback this season, week one against the Arizona Cardinals. It really is going to be on the arm of Sam Howell. If Jacoby Brissett ends up playing this season, 
Washington's not going to win more than seven games. Nothing against Jacoby. I love him, but he's a great backup, which is why he's perfect for this situation. Carson Wentz was dying to get on the field. He didn't want to be a backup and help Taylor Heineke at all. Jacoby Brissett is going to be able to teach Sam Howell how to slide up in the pocket, how to read his progressions. So AWOD season prediction for the Washington Commanders. We're going 10-7 and seven and into the postseason. Let me hear you make some noise if you like that.